Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 6, verses 6 through 13. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? And also, this is a very familiar verse, and I welcome you to join me. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Please join me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is God's word. Amen. Some of you are ready for the kingdom and the power <laughs> and the glory at the end there, but we'll build to that next week. Thank you, Sylvia. Uh, my name is Charlie Dunn, and it's great to get to be with you this morning. And again, I want to wish a, a very happy Mother's Day to all of you uh, moms who are uh, worshiping with us. And uh, this is the first Mother's Day in, in our home for my wife, Brandy. And so uh, I've gotten to witness firsthand just what a rewarding and yet very challenging calling it is to be a mom. And so we really do want to um, praise God for and celebrate um, this calling that he has given to you moms to entrust you to care for uh, the lives of your children. And so praise God for moms. Uh, now we are in a teaching series. If you've been with us for the past few weeks, we are looking at what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And this is Jesus's model for how to pray. Uh, he tells us what we ought to be uh, praying for, he tells us even something about the order in which to pray it. And today we come to the phrase in the Lord's Prayer that, in my opinion, is by far and away the hardest, uh, most challenging uh, part of the Lord's Prayer to pray. Uh, Jesus says, when you pray, say to your Father, Father, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Now, that's the English uh, translation. It's also what my wife, Brandy, thought would be a good wedding hashtag for our wedding, thy will be done um, that's our last name. We didn't end up going with that, but um, that's the English, thy will be done. But, you know, actually the Greek that that translates is a little bit different. Uh, literally, the Greek phrase says this, let your will happen. Let your will happen. Do you see the distinction there? It's actually a little bit more passive. Um, it's not so much, let me do your will, though that certainly would be a good prayer to pray. It's not so much let me do your will as it is let your will happen. Let me accept your will. Let me approve of your will in my life, however hard that might be, even if it may feel as if my life is very much going against the grain of what I would otherwise want or hope for it. God, let me accept, even approve of your will in my life. It's a prayer of surrender. And here again, we see why the order of the Lord's Prayer is so significant. Do you notice that Jesus teaches us to pray, thy will be done, right before he teaches us to pray, give us this day. 
Right before we bring our asks and our wants and our needs before God, Jesus says, before you do that, yes, ask for those things. Tell God those things that you feel like you need in your life. Ask for those things, but before you do, first pray, God, would your will be done? Now, why? Why is that? Well, I think Jesus is showing us that at the heart of prayer, contrary to what people might uh, tend to believe about prayer, the purpose of prayer is not to bend God's will to our will, but it's primarily to soften our heart and our will to God's will. Jesus says, before you pray, give us this day, you should first pray, God, your will be done. It's a prayer of surrender. About a week ago, I was at our local bank branch. I needed to deposit an insurance check, and I needed somebody's help to do that. And the lady who helped me with that was the, the local bank manager. And I noticed, as she was helping me, um, I noticed that she was wearing a, a significant name tag. And by the way, when I went into the bank, I was not expecting a lesson on prayer. I was not expecting to be evangelized in my time at the bank. But I noticed that her, her name tag said, I'm saving for adoption. And so I asked her, I said, well, what is the significance of your, of your name tag? And she told me, she said, well, you know, I'm a Christian. She said, I believe that God loves me and he cares about me and I'm a person who prays. And, you know, right there, that was amazing because she didn't know I was a Christian. She didn't know I was a pastor. She was comfortable just simply telling me this is who I am. This is what I believe. She was open about her faith. I thought, way to go. That's fantastic as a way to live out your faith in your workplace. She said, I'm a Christian. I'm a person who prays. And she said, for years, I have been joining my daughter in praying that she would get pregnant. I've been praying for her to be able um, to have a biological child. We've been praying this prayer for years. And she said, it's been hard. It's been frustrating. It's been sad. And yet she said, there came a time as we were praying where we learned to pray a new prayer. We learn to be able to pray and say, God, yes, we desire this. Yes, we want this. But would your will be done? We learn to surrender in this prayer. And she said, you know, the change that has come about in my daughter's life, the change that's come about in my heart and in my life, the, the freedom that we have begun to feel, even as we still long for this and desire this, to say, God, your will be done. And she said, as we've prayed this prayer over the last year, God has begun to, to put a new longing, a new desire into my daughter's heart. And, and, and she desires now to adopt a child into her family the same way that God adopted her into his spiritual family. And so now we are praying, we are saving toward that end of adoption, even as we continue to pray, God, would your will be done? This prayer of surrender. And friends, I wonder in your life, in whatever way in which you may feel as if your needs right now are going unmet, are you able to pray that prayer too? And I think it's significant maybe that, that Jesus puts this prayer right before give us this day. It's almost as if Jesus is saying it's in those times when you're most hungering for your daily bread. It's in those times when you feel as if your needs really are going unmet. It's in those times when you're disappointed, you're frustrated, your expectations for life are not being met. Jesus says it's then and it's especially then that we need to learn how to pray this prayer, God, would your will be done? Do you know how to pray that? Do you trust 
God's purposes for your life enough to pray that? Do you know the freedom of praying that prayer of surrender? God, would your will be done? And yet as freeing as that prayer may be, it's also frightening. It's challenging. It's, it's scary to give up control of our lives to God in that way, to say, God, I trust you. Would your will be done? I'm going to work to change my circumstances. I'm going to try to be proactive to make my life look different in the way that I think that you would want for it to look. But at the end of the day, God, I'm going to trust you and that your will would be done. And so either change my circumstances or change my heart to be able to accept your will. Do you know how to pray in that way? And so what I want to do this morning is I just want to offer you three encouragements. Three encouragements to be able to pray this prayer. Why can we pray your will be done? For three reasons. Number one, because we're praying it to our Father. Number two, because Jesus prayed it to his Father. And then thirdly, because he learned it from his mother. We can pray this prayer, thy will be done, because we're praying it to our Father, because Jesus prayed it to his Father, because he learned it from his mother. So let's walk through these three together this morning. So first, first we can pray this prayer because, because we're praying it to our Father. And if you've been with us for the last few weeks, you know that we said a few weeks ago, we said the Lord's Prayer and all of the purposes for this prayer that Jesus wants to instruct us in, none of them will make sense to you unless you recognize that you are praying to your Father. That that's the basis for your prayer, that Jesus teaches us that, that we have this privilege as Christians to approach God as Abba, Daddy, our Father, to know that the moment that you trust Jesus as your Savior, you are adopted into God's family so that now God loves you even as he loves his eternal son, Jesus Christ. He sees you just as he sees Jesus as perfect, spotless in his sight. And you see, there's a reason then why we're taught to pray our Father before we pray, your will be done. Because it's only if you know that you're praying to your Father who loves you that you would ever be willing to say, God, would your will be done? I mean, just think about that, that parent-child dynamic for just a moment. I mean, as, as a child, aren't there times when, it, when a child says essentially of their parents, they're ruining my life. My parents, you're ruining my life. You're making me do things that I don't want to do. You're pushing me in directions that I don't want to go. And, and children will cry out and they'll complain and they'll be frustrated with their parents because they feel like their parents are ruining their lives. You know, for me as a new parent, I've only been a dad for about three and a half months, but you know, there have been times when, when my son Patton, maybe I'm changing a diaper and, 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 and he's crying, he's furious. It's like I'm torturing him in that moment. And I'll tell him, look, buddy, I don't like doing this any more than you do, but, <laughs> but I'm not hurting you, right? This is for your good. I'm doing this because I love you. And, and yet he doesn't understand that yet. He doesn't get that. He doesn't see that. And I think back to times when, when, when in my childhood, you know, when, when I was growing up, and, and, and maybe there would be times when, when my parents lovingly would push me to go in directions that were not my inclination to go, toward things that were not natural to me, things that I would not otherwise want to do. I remember sometimes being taken to like a sports practice. They'd sign me up for something, and, and we'd already paid for it, and, and I would get there, and I would think, I don't know if I really want to go. I don't want to run. I, want to, I don't want to do the conditioning. 
I was shy sometimes. I'd feel insecure, and I think I don't really know those other kids very well, so I think I'm just not going to go. And I remember times when, when my mom would say, no, you've got to go. We signed you up for this. We paid for this. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it again, but you need to go. And I would love it. It would be great. It was so good for me, but I needed to be pushed in that way. Other times I think about getting angry or frustrated with friends or, or coaches or teachers, and, and I would want to just withdraw or I would want to, you know, to maybe try to get back at them. And I remember my parents telling me, look, you need to forgive. You need to forgive or you need to be willing to, to pick your battles. I remember other times when I would be passive and I would just sit back and I would think, you know what, this is just the way that things are. Nothing can be done about this. And my parents would push me. And I would say, no, you need to be proactive or you need to stand up for yourself or you need to take initiative in this. And you see, that's what good parents do. I mean, no parent, no parent wants their kid to be sad. No parent certainly wants their kid to be mad at them. I mean, how fun is that as a parent for your kid to be mad at you? And so you might be tempted to just say, look, I'm just going to give you whatever you want. And that might seem loving, but it's actually not very loving, is it? It's just selfish on the part of the parent. Good parents are willing sometimes to push their kids in directions they otherwise would not choose to go. And the kids may not always understand it. And yet think about if there is a gap, if there's a gap between a child and a parent, maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years of of wisdom and life experience, how much greater, how much greater is the gap between us and our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father who has infinite wisdom and knowledge and understanding. So don't you expect that there might be some times when he would do something in our lives and we would not understand why? And to think about the fact that our Father loves us like any good parent. We talked about this on Easter. We said that God is a God who binds up his heart with ours. He chooses to feel our pain. When we're distressed, he is distressed. And yet, And yet, as a good father, there are times when he will push us into situations where it may not feel like our needs are being met, to push us beyond ourselves, to grow us in our character, to grow us in our skill. And you see, in those moments, friends, you can respond in one of two ways. Either you can be angry and you can throw a tantrum. You can stamp your feet and you can, you can cry out and complain and you can say, God, if I don't have a reason, if I don't have an explanation for why you're letting it happen in my life this way, then I'm done. I'm checking out. And you know, if you do that, your heart is going to grow bitter and cold. Or you can respond and you can say, God, I don't understand. I don't see why this would be for my good, but you're my father and I'm your child. And I know that you love me and I can trust you. I can trust that you're working this for my good, and so would your will be done? And if you respond in that way, you're going to become a person of greater strength and greater wisdom and courage and compassion. You can trust God to pray this prayer, your will be done, because you're praying to your Father. And you know, when you do that, when you respond in that way, when you say, Father, would your will be done? You know, you're actually entering in then to the very central purpose of prayer. Because you see, prayer is not so much about what we can get from God as much as it is about learning to get God. About wanting to have a love relationship with God, not based on what he can do for you, but where you say, God, I just want you. I mean, for those of you who are moms, I mean, imagine today if you got a Mother's Day card from your child, and that Mother's Day card said, Mom, I love you, 
because you always buy me the things that I want to buy. I love you because you always cook me the things that I want to eat. I love you because you always pick up my laundry and you take me to the places that I want to go. I love you because you're so useful to me. <laughs> now, in one sense, you might be gratified because you think, well, at least they're paying attention and they're seeing all the stuff that I'm, I'm doing for them. But don't you think you would be a little offended? Don't you think you'd be a little hurt because you'd say, wait a second, do you, do you love me just for me? Because I'm your mom, or do you love me just because I do stuff for you? And, and friends, God is a person. It's the same with the heart of, of God. And when we learn to pray, your will be done. Before we pray, give us this day. It's a way for us to say, you know what, God, even if you don't give me the things that I want and that I'm asking for, so long as I have you, I have what I most need in my life. And here's the thing. If you don't pray, your will be done before give us this day. God might give you all the things that you are asking for. Your heart will still not be satisfied. Because our hearts were made to be satisfied in God and in God alone. Only if you're able to pray, your will be done. Before you pray, give us this day. Will your heart be satisfied? Will God's heart be satisfied? And will you be shaped into the person he wants you to be. We can pray, thy will be done, because we're praying it to our Father who loves us. Secondly, we can pray your will be done because Jesus prayed it to his Father. He prayed it to his Father for us. Why is that significant? Let me tell you why. Because as hard as it might be to surrender, especially in difficult seasons of your life, to say your will be done, as hard and as challenging as that may be, there's nothing that God is asking you to do that he himself was not willing to do and to do for you. There's nothing that God is asking you to do that he himself was not willing to do already for you. I mean, just think about that night when Jesus was preparing to go to the cross. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was, he was praying. And as Jesus prayed, as he began to anticipate what would it mean for him as the eternal son of God, the creator of all things, to take the weight of the world's sin upon himself? What would it be like for him to be cut off from the loving presence of his father? We're told just as Jesus started to anticipate what that would be like, he actually started to sweat drops of blood. And if the mere anticipation of what Jesus would undergo was enough to cause him to start sweating drops of blood, what must the actual moment have been like? Those three hours of darkness on the cross as he would take all of the judgment for your sin and for mine upon himself. And as Jesus started to anticipate what he had come into the world to do, we're told in that moment he said, Father, I want out. Father, I do not want to go through with this. Father, would you take this cup from me? Father, all things are possible with you. And then he says, but Father, not what I will, but what you will. Father, would your will be done? And Jesus surrenders in this prayer, and then he goes to the cross for you and for me. Why? Because of how much he loves us. Because of how much he loves his Father. Jesus was willing to do that in spite of, of facing circumstances that were infinitely more painful than anything you and I will ever face. Even though he had all the power in the universe to get out at that moment, Jesus stayed and he surrendered. 
And he went to the cross for us and he said, Father, your will be done. Friends, do you know that he loves you to that degree? Do you know that he loves you in that way? If you see that Jesus was willing to surrender in that way for you, well, then you'll be willing far more to be willing to surrender to him and to say, Jesus, I don't know why you're leading me through this valley, through this difficult trial or season in my life, but I know it can't be because you don't love me. Because look what you were willing to do for me. Look how you surrendered for me going to the cross. You can pray that prayer, thy will be done, because Jesus prayed it to his Father for you. But where did he learn it? Finally, where did Jesus learn to pray in that way? How did he learn to pray with such abandon and surrender to the will of God? You know, some of you might think to yourselves, after all, you might think, well, he is, after all, God. I mean, and as courageous and amazing and sacrificial and wonderful as it is what he was willing to do for me, he's God and I'm not. And I get scared. And I'm fragile and I'm frail and I'm not exactly known for my great acts of heroic courage and sacrifice. And so friends, remember this, that Jesus, though he was God, he was also fully human. And that means that everything that he learned in his life, he had to learn the same way that we learn. He had to learn the scriptures the same way we learn the scriptures. He had to learn how to pray the same way that we learn how to pray. And how did Jesus learn to pray in this way? How did he learn to pray with such surrender and abandon to God? Well, I think he learned it from his mother. And, and, and I, by the way, I, I got this idea from a good friend and pastor friend of mine, Brian Dunnigan. I learned this idea from him that Jesus Jesus learned to pray in this way from his mother. I mean, just think about Mary's story. If you're familiar with the Christmas story, you know the angel comes to Mary and she, she's told that, that she, even though she's a virgin, she's going to conceive. And she's going to give birth to a child who will be the Messiah, who will be the Savior of the world. And Mary responds in this remarkable way. She sings this song called the, the Magnificat, and in so doing, she quotes from all of these scriptures that she knows in the Old Testament. But, you know, Mary says something that is utterly unprecedented in the history of redemption. She responds with a level of abandon and surrender that nobody had ever responded to God with before. What does she say? She says, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me according to your word. I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me according to your word. And, and, and by the way, Mary knew something of what she was surrendering to. She knew something of the pain and the challenges that she was accepting in her life in that moment. You know, Mary probably had a script for how her life would go. She thought, I'm going to get married to Joseph. We're going to have children. People are going to like us. They're going to honor us within the community. And yet Mary knew that she accepted God's will for her life, a virgin giving birth to a baby. She knew that she was entering into a path of disgrace. She knew that in a shame and honor culture, it was possible that Joseph might leave her. And even if he were to stay with her, People in the community, the little town of Nazareth, people would talk. If you grew up in a small town, you know in small towns, people love to gossip. People would gossip. They would say, hang on a sec, married on this date, baby on this date. They would call her an adulteress. They would call her a tramp. 
They would call her names that we're not going to repeat in church this morning, and they would call her son by those same names as well. Mary knew that to accept God's will for her life, she was entering into a life of disgrace, and yet she says, Father, I love you, I trust you. Let it be done to me according to your word. How did Jesus learn to pray this prayer of surrender? I think he learned it from his mother from her abandon, from her surrender and her response to God's will for her life. And yet here's the thing, the irony is that as Mary surrendered, as she was willing to accept God's will for her life, it's because of that surrender that everybody in this room knows her name today. That she's one of the greatest people in the history of the world. God had a wonderful plan for Mary's life. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And for my life. But the way that God works so often, his good purposes in our lives is as we learn to surrender to him. Mary surrendered and God exalted Mary. Jesus surrendered. God exalted him, gave him the name above every other name. God teaches us that the way to exaltation is through surrender. It's through that willingness to say, God, would your will be done in my life that he works those good purposes. And so friends, we can pray that prayer. We can pray thy will be done because we're praying it to our Father who loves us. We can pray it because Jesus prayed it for us. He surrendered to save us. And we can pray it because in the lives of ordinary people like you and like me and like Mary, God loves to accomplish his wonderful purposes in and through us as we surrender to him, as we pray thy will be done. And so let's, let's join in praying that together. Even now, would you join me as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, for some of us right now, we may look at our lives and it may feel um, that our expectations are going unmet. It, it may feel like life is not going the way that we would want or plan for it to go. And I pray, especially in those times, God, would you help us to be a people who are able to pray this prayer, thy will be done. Father, we thank you that you do love us as our Father. We thank you that we can trust that you are working all things together for our good. God, help us not to think that you owe us an explanation or that we need a reason for every hard thing that happens in our lives, but would you teach us to be a people of faith who trust that you are our Father, that you love us. And this morning we remember the Lord Jesus who surrendered his very life for us, who said, not what I will, but your will be done. Would our hearts be reminded of the depth of your love as we see Jesus dying for us on the cross. And Lord, as we think about Mary, and as we think about the way that, that, that moms are able to have such an impact on the lives of their, their kids, and as we think how you worked in the life of this mother as she surrendered to you, God, we pray that we would be both people who would surrender to you and who even would teach others, even our children, to do the same. For we ask it in Jesus' name.